Hi everyone and welcome to the It's Good to Talk podcast brought to you by Student Minds and then posted onto the Society Podcast YouTube channel. Um, so this week we're going to be talking about the idea of students going back to some kind of normality after lockdown and after the uh, COVID-19 crisis. And last time we spoke to Tom Davey about being self-employed and how that was um, with dealing with everything with um, the loss of money to stress about where the next um, bit of food may be coming from. And now we're going to be talking uh, with Beth, who is the development uh, president for the um, Canterbury Christchurch Students' Union. Uh, so she deals with mainly basically all the societies within the Student Union. So everything from uh, midwifery to Rotaract to Labour Party to everything basically uh, comes under her remit. And obviously societies are where um, students tend to interact the most with each other, as well as um, the student union and potentially even the university, depending on how much they're actually going to their lectures. So um, this is uh, an important part of university life and for students, it's a really important part. So um, that's what we talk about today and just see where we go from there. So um, as always, any views that me and uh, Beth express are our own. They are not the views of either Student Minds as a group within the university or Student Minds nationally. They don't reflect any of the views of Canterbury Christchurch Students' Union or Canterbury Christchurch University as a whole. They are our views and our views alone. They may have been different yesterday. They may be again different tomorrow. That is, that is what it is to be human. So um, please take that as, um, you know, we are just human. If we have an opinion, it isn't going to be um, edited down at any point. These view, these um, podcasts are done in one take. They aren't edited down. So if we have an opinion, we're not going to take it out. So um, just bear that in mind. And if you feel that you may be offended by any coarse language, swearing, anything like that, or any particular um, issues that may come up, because of COVID-19 or the stresses of return to university, please do bear that in mind and potentially click off now. So, hello Beth. <laughs> hello. Um, yeah, so as um, I've just said very long-windedly, you are the um, President for Development at um, Canterbury Christchurch University for the Students' Union. Um, so do you want to just intro a bit about what that means, um, probably a bit better than I've just introduced you there? Yeah, so absolutely. So my role is looking after societies um, as well as student groups, fundraising um, and also the lead for Medway as well. So a lot of what I do is kind of nurturing societies from the new ones that come in to the ones that have been there for years, giving them guidance, signposting them when needed, um, encouraging them to fundraise and support each other, network. Yeah, a bit of everything really. Um, it's okay. quite an exciting role. Yeah, so um, obviously uh, saying a bit of everything is uh, the idea that actually you're probably um, dealing with students more potentially um, either directly or indirectly um, than a lot of lecturers or even the program leads for some of these students. Um, if they're a student like me, you're probably dealing with me more directly um, because I'm just fucking everywhere. But even the first years, um, they're going to be coming in and in some way you're going to have a um, reflection on their university life because at least for that at least for that first year um, potentially two years if you restand um, it's going to be um, a case that they're probably going to know your face potentially more than one of their lecturers um, especially probably freshers yeah. 
Uh, and so it is really important for a lot of people um, when they come into university to get involved with those societies and to kind of know what's going on. So um, the first question, which I'm sure you were expecting, is how do you envisage um, societies kind of moving forward this year? Because obviously um, Freshers' Fair is very different. Um, it's more, far more virtual. There's not as much interaction physically, or at least there isn't in terms of Freshers' Fair and that side of it. Um, guidance still suggests that you know, societies can run in certain form otherwise. Um, but how do you envisage um, it being part of students' life now as we start to move towards this idea of normality? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the most important thing to note is that I and the whole union team um, really want societies to continue running. You know, we don't want people to feel like they can't join this year because of COVID. Um, even if it's in more virtual format, the, I think the priorities are keeping students safe, but also keeping them safe is also about their well-being as well. So we want to try and encourage societies, yes, to try and do more online activities and engage a whole different community, but also I haven't ruled out physical engagement and I don't think any of us want to at this point. You know, every day there's new guidelines, things are changing. Um, and especially for the second semester, I can see, you know, not business as normal, but business as the new normal, I guess. Um, but I'm really keen to get societies um, engaging new students. And I know virtual freshers fair seems like a whole crazy concept to people. I think it's new for us as well. So I can definitely see um, the worries around societies, but I, for one, will definitely be fighting and working with societies very close this year. Um, as you said, I'm everywhere. I seem to be everywhere, everywhere anyway. So like my calendar is always available and for anyone to book in as well. Um, in regards to freshers coming in, I'd like to see societies, you know, think of new ways to engage them. Um, we're actually working on something at the moment, which is how can individual societies, no matter how long they've been running or how big they are, what's the best things they can do to try and engage freshers? Because it's obviously not as simple as you know, trying to catch them at a freshers' fair and say hi and bring them over to your stand. It's not going to be quite that simple this year. Um, but I definitely still think that, I know for myself anyway, so being part of society changed my whole uni experience. I had a bit of crappy first couple of years. Um, and I think I can speak for many students saying that the mental health aspect of joining society, the benefits it has, are just, you can't even describe them. It is completely life-changing in a lot of respects, especially during uni life anyway. Yeah, so um, you cut out a little bit there, or I did. I don't know how the recording's <laughs> going to show it, but um, just talking about the idea that mental health has, um, a, 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 the impact of societies on your mental health is, is definitely good. I mean, we've had um, Ben, who is now treasurer for Student Minds on a podcast previously, talking about um, that fact. And actually, um, I, I had a little joke with him because of the fact that he got involved in the Japanese society and it helped him with his communication, um, which I found slightly ironic. Um, but uh, but it is certainly the case. And it is, I think it's hard and I think it's hard for people to, to deal with this um, way of dealing with things, especially around societies, um, especially for our kind of older grumps like me, because um, certain societies, it's very easy um, to just go, um, here's our best. This is, this is what we can do. Um, but for other societies, there is no, there isn't one thing that you can do like that. It just doesn't work like that. For instance, student minds. Um, we can't point you towards a poster or um, someone doing some tricks. It doesn't work like that. Most of our work is actually behind closed doors. Um, 
I think I've just had about three random messages come through, despite the fact that I've closed all of my um, uh, internet down, which is always wonderful during these podcasts, but there we go. That's proof that these aren't edited, guys. Um, so yeah, it's, it's um, very hard for um, think people like Student Minds to do stuff like that, because simply we don't work in that basis. So most of our stuff is behind the scenes. We help with um, extenuating circumstances forms, um, helping the university to go through those, or we get messages from students i mean i had a message from a student that was petrified he was going to have all of his stuff taken away from petros court because when he was trying to book it on the system virtual he wasn't getting anywhere and uh, accommodation would never pick it up so i literally went over to canterbury and made sure that he could come and collect his stuff and that was a few weeks ago so i think this is what worries people are these kind of things now i'm not having a go although i'm sure most people that know my face assume i am um there's it's not that I'm having a go I think it's just it's very difficult and I think it's these few steps that are very difficult I think what worries a lot of us um, and as you say um, society has helped a lot of people um, for yourself I know Becky um, who's um, overall president has also stated that her involvement in societies has, has helped her to get to this point as well um, so they are very important and I think it just worries some people that some of the smaller societies that nearly didn't exist last year uh, might disappear if their presidents or their committee um, maybe are, are new to committees or don't necessarily click on. For some of us that have just been around, we can kind of muddle through, even if we're doing a bad job, just because we know kind of how to grab people. I mean, if it's me, probably just literally grab them. But um, it's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be very difficult, which makes your job probably one of the harder ones to do this year. Um, of course, the help is that you do have um, Becky, who was in your job last year. So it's almost like having two development um, officers there at the same time, to a point. So there, there's some understanding, whereas usually you get the development officer or who, whatever officer it is, and then they're gone, and you just kind of go, well, shit, what do I do now? So, yeah, it, it, I think it's going to be an interesting ride to go along. Um, but how do you envisage the year as a whole? You're saying about the second semester is going to be the bit where we go to this new normal. Um, but do you envisage it being um, a really increased issue around student mental health in the coming year? Obviously, there's going to be a move to help mental health for students, but are you envisaging there being an increase in mental health issues because of things like um, uncertainty around lectures, uncertainty around societies, um, potentially knowing someone that's just passed from COVID-19, all those kind of things. Um, are you envisaging, rather than just, oh, we're getting ready for it, are you actually envisaging there being a big issue? Yeah, absolutely. And I think if I was to sit here and say, there's not going to be mental health problems, I, I don't know who I'm trying to kid. Um, we are fully aware as sabbatical team that um, mental health issues will rise. You know, there'll be social anxiety, people who haven't really left their house. Because I think everyone thinks right now that, oh, it's all back to normal it's really not a lot of people still aren't really going outside and especially those who need to self-isolate more yes the government has said they can come out but that doesn't mean they necessarily have so I do think that there will be a lot a big sharp rise in mental health issues this year and we are starting these discussions and it is on our agenda and um, high up on our agenda this year to make sure that we are fully aware that everything we do needs to have mental health at the forefront. Um, 
it's quite easy for me if I could wave magic wand tomorrow and say societies are back on campus let's go yes but not all students might be able to engage with that and as well there's things like financial issues that come under again mental health because a lot of students haven't been able to get jobs this summer or have been furloughed or some haven't even you know my other job before this I couldn't get furloughed so I went from having a regular income to having no income and a lot of students will be in that situation and you know money worries is going to be huge as well um there's also those who have had to extend the course so anyone who doesn't know I'm still actually a student um I was doing a postgrad last year and I couldn't complete it because COVID decided to take over so I'm actually still working on my postgrad I know there's people in this situations who are no longer entitled to funding uh, we don't get any extra funding so although I've got a job I know people on my course who can't find a job have no funding and have to somehow find a way to pay for the year so you know there's the whole financial side there's obviously and I'm sure Nathan you should get Nathan on to tell you all about this because he's very passionate about finding ways to engage people following COVID-19 and I say following it's going to be cheering as well I think it's quite easy to say oh here's the counsellors at the uni here you go this is a whole thing that us have ever experienced before how do you sit there with someone who has literally shut themselves off for potentially six seven eight months and then try and integrate someone back into society because at the end of the day that person could have been the most social person before lockdown but their whole life's had to change. And there's been people I know who have self-isolated by themselves. They've not had anyone with them, not even a pet. So, you know, it's, it's such a strange, strange world we're going to come out into where, you know, normally you could just go and hug your friend and you won't even be able to do that. And keeping distance, wearing a mask, a big part of how we interact is in our body language, but also in our facial expressions. So that's a whole nother aspect. And for those already suffering with mental health issues, it's just going to get harder and we can't ignore that and whether it be through society sports teams fun like the fundraising groups every aspect we need to consider supporting those who are going to be at the end of the day very fragile mentally yeah it's gonna it's it's definitely um it's good it's good that you didn't um shy away from just knowing it's gonna get shit where is shit it's just gonna get keep getting shit now i mean i'm in the very hated position at, at, at this time that i am at least currently financially stable um, uh, I'm one of the few that quit my job during lockdown. So um, I'm in an enviable position and I, I realise that. I'm sorry. Um, it's, it's, so it's going to be shit. Now, I, I will take this uh, moment because you brought it up to just quickly say, um, I've said this in previous podcasts, um, everyone, but there are, uh, we don't encourage them. We don't like them being there, but there are food banks in Canterbury. There are also food banks um, within the chaplaincy. So when you're on university grounds, if you go in straight through gate, gate four, go into Anselm building and literally straight in front of you is the chaplaincy. Um, if you need to speak directly to uh, Reverend Jeremy or to Rev Dave, if you go down to the stairs to the right, go along to the end and then up the stairs on the left, and their main office is there. Um, they better help you out with foods if you're really struggling. So they, there is a food bank there. Um, there's also, as it's been um, directly dealt with, um, with the student union to allow it, uh, the Self-Defense and Wellbeing Society, if you really are um, struggling, can also do um, help with food. They were signed off a couple of years ago to help do this with their own money. So if there's money in the budget for them, they will be able to help um, effectively buying you food if you're in struggle that doesn't mean they're going to um buy you um cristal to go with your caviar but it does mean you'll have beans on toast for the week so um so there are things out there so please try i, I know it's a stupid bloody sentence i was about to say but try not to worry um there are things in place to help already and that's before we're kicking ourselves into gear so 
it's 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 a hard time but there are things there for everyone um it is going to be very difficult i mean the thing that worries me as well um without facial expressions and things like that is and i know it may sound really weird but um i've trained and i i am on the spectrum myself um for um uh autistic spectrum disorder um and without with the masks there for most people whenever sarcasm is used or when direct language is used without nuance it's going to be incredibly hard for people to um understand exactly what's happening um there's certain labels and taglines are being used both on left and right of politics at the moment and i have issue with them on both sides because of people with severe autism and people that literally don't get the nuance um, when you have to explain it so that people who are on a spectrum don't understand you, who literally may exactly agree with you, word for word, exactly agree with you. But the problem is you're causing more anxiety for them because you're not allowing them into that discussion. I think that's going to cause problems as well. And with having the masks, um, I think there's just it's going to be a real issue, especially for some lecturers who are generally probably the lecturers who are liked um, most of the time in university because they have a, a joke and they have a bit of sarcasm and, and chats with students. If they're wearing a mask, which I think a lot of lecturers will be, and a lot of them were before shutdown, um, that I think there's going to be a bit, a bit of an issue there of students actually, certain students being really withdrawn. So it's going to be the students potentially who were the most vulnerable already or potentially on that tipping scale who are going to be really plummeted. And it's, as you say, it's going to be very hard to try and see if we can engage them because they're not necessarily the ones that would come to us or, um, already. So, you know, you've, you've got, um, you've got the things in place to like um, come and have a cup of tea and some toast and stuff, either with the student union or with a student mind on different days. Um, but that's not now possible because that was in the library, for instance, both of those, both student mind and for the student union, they're both in the library, whether um, student union um, and or student minds think of doing them in a different way or whether we move forward for those is going to be, interesting to think of again because of social distancing and that alone is something that's cutting off what for a lot of people was a lifeline and weirdly was a lifeline for social anxiety which is the thing that we're now it does seem a very um kind of it's it's a vicious circle of things that are caused by the problem that are now making the problem bigger um and it's just wondering how we're going to do that um also uh, beth you mentioned nathan i know people hopefully do know but um nathan is um the well-being uh, president for the uh, coming year uh so um i know nathan pretty well he's been involved with uh, student minds and with uh, self-defense um nathan is always passionate about this stuff um i mean he don't always agree but at least he'll listen which is the main thing um is always the main thing for things like this uh so it's going to be very difficult do you envisage um because i do just because i'm a I people say pessimist I tend to say realist but do you envisage arguments with the university well I couldn't possibly comment <laughs> um, I mean historically um I think there's gonna be talks or let's put it like that I think the thing is it's, it's difficult because the university are in a lose-lose situation in a lot of respects you know they and I don't think anyone can deny this every university is really having to think about their finances budgeting this year yeah. I'd never would say 
that well-being is like well-being is the last place you should cut any budgeting like that's that's a fact um what i will say is i i do feel like there's enough resistance um with the sav team you know nathan especially is very driven to support well-being as we all are i'd like to vision that the university will want the best of students and to be honest in discussions i've had they they genuinely care about the students um they always have in this weird weird way um yeah. you're like haha no <laughs> yeah i mean i i tend to see the the um the universities in talks and i've literally been in them and called them out as liars when they've done it of being people that will shake your hand and with the other hand stab you in the back so i'm not quite as um confident as you are um people are always surprised that i'm happy to say that publicly but eh. um I hat off to you. no that's uh, important it's, it's i mean it's I, for a, for a, um, when we have a um, person who is um, vice chancellor who literally openly said at the end of the day it's the NHS's responsibility when we're talking about mental health in an open discussion, I'm not entirely sure I have the same level of trust as many do. Um, and that's well documented. So it's just me repeating what everyone knows. Um, and that worries me. That does worry me. I mean, I think they actually, yeah, every university has issues with money. Um, I think the, um, the only university that's had an uptake is uh, the Open University for obvious reasons, um, because they're laughing. I mean, they're literally, they're going, yeah, we're fine. Like there's no drop off for us at all. We're exactly the same as we've always been. Come and join us. So they're the one people that actually very. Much, it's like going back to the uh, to the mid '90s when Open University were leading the way in innovation for education. I think almost that's going to happen again because the Open University they're just going, yeah, cool, we're ready. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. And obviously, like you say, um, mental health should never be something that's that's uh, cut in terms of funding. And I know, I, I know. Um, Sabs, especially um, people like Nathan, will um, you know happily go in with axes. I, I don't know whether that's metaphorical or not, actually, but yeah. Um, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Just grab it out the covers. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Um, so it's it's um, it is something that I know from the student side is going to be pushed for. I am concerned the university, considering um, their idea of a mental health day for their staff was a few tables by a pond it, it does worry me i think i think as long as it's basically here's some money you go and do it is what the university do i'm i would have far more um hope than if they try and do things themselves um yeah. that's that's what worries me because um they've been quite out of lying on mental health many times generally by me because sorry guys i've been around long enough um it's it's just that thing uh so i do worry about that I, I do genuinely worry and this is where i kind of get my um always argumentative reputation from i think uh but it's it's just the case it's, it's just as it is um the other thing that i know because i've heard from certain sources that there may be a slight issue with staffing in terms of lecturers because a lot of lecturers really can't do virtual learning and a lot of them are, are, are jumping ship um there is at least in certain schools within the university um a, a slight concern i think that uh, lecturers are effectively going i can earn more and do it easier if i just go and do this rather than lecturing 
Um, so has there been a general feeling of worry or am I now bringing up something that you're now going to worry about? Um, like, is I was there, just going to there... say, I haven't even... Okay. <laughs> I haven't even heard of that yet. So that's a new one for me, to be fair. Um, what I would highlight is that in regards to staffing, we don't get heavily involved. That's oh, no, no, of course not. We, we, yeah. Um, I was just meaning in terms of how do you... Do, how, if anything could um, the student union do to try and help students if something like that happens? I mean, there has been times in the past where the university just snaps its fingers and changes something immediately. It did it with um, a subject that I was involved in, effectively changed it after students had logged, had started their course to do a different course and the university changed it in the first year and it wasn't the same course anymore. And people basically just left in, in nowhere. Um, I'm just slightly concerned maybe that that could happen with lectures because obviously different lecturers have different specialisms. Um, you know, it's, if I, if I was to, cause I'm, I'm looking to do lecturing at some point, whether it be with the university, probably not. Um, just purely because they'll see my face and say, fuck off. Um, but uh, you know, the, the, my specialism in certain things um, clearly wouldn't be the same as somebody else, even within my field. So um, if you lose one person that can change um, what the subject is to be. So I'm just wondering, is there any, um, even if it's not explicit, is there any kind of safeguarding that is potentially there for students um, in terms of the student union? Or, I mean, if you haven't got one, it's not the worst thing, because like you say, it's not really responsibility. It's not what you should be looking at. But is there anything there to just kind of help people on, on the fall down? Um, God, that sounds awful, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> The one thing I will highlight from my perspective, my experience, is there are obviously academic societies. Um, so they are there. So I'm going to use um, our, some of our Medway societies. So we've got Nursing Society, Paramedic Society and Midwifery Society. So they're very much a network where you can get advice and support from people of all years. And the idea is there to support each other. And if something goes wrong in their course, they're very go as a group and as a collective to complain or try and sort things out. So. What I would say is if you are on one of those courses that you're thinking, oh my goodness, um, we're just being given the shit end of the stick, quite frankly. There's either, if you haven't got society, get one. And if you think of it like a union almost, I don't want to say they're going to be used as like trade unions, but um, they are a good way as a collective to make a, like, not say complaints, but like raise issues. And, you know, three individual people is not as strong as a big society of people. As, as horrible that sounds it's, it's you know you're going to get more recognition and also more support the other thing as well to note is that becky um you spoke about my predecessor she is there for she's the academic staff as such so you know her whole remit and what she does is about trying to improve the academic side of students life so again she is there so she's very she's part of the conversation trying to sort out the future for the students and I know that she'll be fine for students. Just like, all, you've got to remember all four of us are the closest things that the university and the union have to students. So we are very much like trying to represent students and we're not always going to make decisions that please everyone, but we're going to do it with the best intentions always. And yeah, hopefully that for most people that will be helping them. I've, I know I'm pretty, well-being's at my forefront, it always has been, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I've, I've potentially more confidence in um, the sabbatical team this year than I have in previous years. Um, then again, I have been around for long enough to know some truly 
atrocious ones. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think that's a good good point, actually. Something I hadn't thought about. But yes, the, the academic societies are definitely somewhere um, to look at. Um, and actually, if you're uh, in uh, on Canterbury campus, if you join uh, things like the law students, um, if you're part of the uh, L yeah, LCJP, School of LCJP, so Law, Criminal Justice and Policing, um, there is a law uh, society there that actually have direct meetings with um, both the uh, normal lecturers, lead lecturers and the programme directors as well. And so they actually have um, meetings that are set up by uh, administration within the school to help um, facilitate those issues, like Beth was saying. Um, there's also um, a similar thing in terms of uh, sciences as well, not quite as direct interaction but through the facebook groups and things like that the the lecturers actually do get involved in those talks um and actually a lot of the, the opportunities that are coming up within subjects are put onto those facebook groups so becky's right there is there is that there um obviously if the wrong lecturer leaves that might cause problems but yeah you do have that kind of um the, the pillow of the society around you um which is why kind of talking about it today because those societies are the ones that are even more important. Um, I mean, yeah. I think the ones that are the academic ones, I think will probably be okay because it's, it's just a done thing to get involved in those societies. I, I think it's, it's just right. Um, and obviously midwifery actually have, thinking about people that are struggling with cash and things like that, midwifery, if it's still in place, have a, um, like a trust set up for their mem for yeah. a specific member as well. So that's there as well. So there are, there are different things. Uh, so do, do make sure you go to the societies as, as well as anything else, because it's, it's, it's kind of all there with things like that. Um, so, I mean, what do you envisage? You're saying about the um, second semester being a new normal. What are you actually envisaging for the second semester? Because you said it's not going to be normal, it's going to be a new normal. So I, I'm guessing there's like a, a two-step plan or something within the, the SU that says, you know, this is first, this for first semester. Hopefully, this will be second semester but i mean is there a is there a massive change up or is there you know just slight changes you know what what's what's planned if anything or is it more of a kind of we don't know what the fuck's going on either we'll deal with it as it comes like what what kind of way of dealing with it is happening at the moment well firstly i should probably highlight there is no two-step plan it's <laughs> mainly my kind of outlook so okay. we haven't ever ruled out the first semester and i want to highlight that now um, the sooner we can get back in and safely do so, we will. Yeah. Um, but what I'd like to wish is by January that hopefully we'll be back to the, and I say new normal. And the reason I say that is in my, this is completely in my opinion, there is likely to be a second wave and I'd love to be a pessimist and uh, an optimist even and say, no, we're, we're through the worst. I really hope we are. I really, really do. But I also am a realist and I'm like, I'm wary that, there is nothing to stop a second wave. So, well, let's... apart from, apart from guys wearing these fucking things. Yes. Just, just wear them. Sorry, carry on. No, no I'm very, <laughs> I'm very like, I'm going to put out that now, right? So just going to have a little tangent. There are definitely reasons why people don't. And I fully acknowledge that. Um, I'm not going to take that away from people. But <laughs> <laughs> if you can, and, you know, it's not a big ask, especially in supermarkets. If you're in there for 10, 20, 30 minutes, like half an hour, let's be honest. If you shop for more than half an hour, you've, you've clearly got a lot to do, not much time. But please just wear them. 
please. Um, you know, we all know someone who knows someone who's lost someone to COVID. It's, it's difficult. And, or someone who's having to shield. Don't be that person. Please don't. Um, and also, there's a, I, I don't know the university plans, but there's, let's be honest, there's probably a chance they're going to be having face masks on campus. A good chance. So it's good to get used to it now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, back to where we're going. So when I'm saying about this new normal, what is things like keeping distance? I think that's going to take a long time to train back out of people. So a good example is my niece. We've trained her to train. She's not a dog, um, but we've got her to do things like copying. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Here you, go. you can bribe her, just like a tree. But you know, we've trained her to keep a distance from people, and she's four. So to untrain that, and you know, for a lot of people, so if I see someone in the street who's not wearing a mask, straight away my head goes, oh my goodness. Or if someone coughs, and this everyone's done this, but you have to cough, and you're like, oh god, don't cough. Everyone's gonna think I've got the virus. And, you know, it's, it's going to take a long time for us to really get over it and heal, not just economically, but as almost like a new norm. And the world will never be the same as it was. I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it won't be. It, you know, I'd love to think it would be, but things will change, you know, and I'm, I'm so glad to see so many small businesses have managed to get through this. Um, because that was my big worry was that's it we're losing the high streets and everything's going to be virtual and luckily you know i've spoken to local businesses as part of this job and they seem to be doing okay which is a big reassurance because a big part of canterbury that i love yes you've got your chains but there's so many little lovely cafes and i know you were in one the other day and you know that's oh, i can't wait to go back to tiny tim's i need, <laughs> I need to go there um if anyone needs a cafe list i have a good cafe list in canterbury <laughs> so hit me up but yeah I think being open to this idea that it's okay not to be okay it's not okay and it's not something we should just ignore but there will be a lot of people who are going to struggle and it's it's trying to find new ways to adapt to that and also some of those things that people are struggling with you won't so again I'll use me as an example I've actually got hearing loss so no one ever knows this it's great but um so I went out in London last week long story I was very safe I promise um and I really struggled for the day because my friend was talking to me through a mask I, I use a lip reading I didn't know how much I needed lip reading until last week yeah. so there's me like I cannot understand a word you're saying and facial expressions as well help so take that time to consider there's things that disabilities as well that people may have that you don't even know about um that would never stop me or asking anyone to wear a face mask because at the end of the day I'd rather be able to not hit like not be able to hear someone than someone get COVID from my you know but I think learning to be more accepting and more open is going to be a big part of this next year. And that's, you know, I'm currently writing committee training and a big part of that is thinking outside the box, not just about how we're going to carry out activities, but also how people are going to react. And I think that's a big part, you know, mental health, people say, oh yeah, depression, anxiety is so complicated. I know you, Adam, of all people can tell us that it's, it's, social anxiety is going to be higher but there's also other things that people need to be mindful of especially yeah i mean uh, of uh, there's my um computer <laughs> reminding everyone i'm not editing this down whether that's laziness or i just want to be pure i don't know um so yeah you're saying about um the different things and anxiety and things like that and um i, I spoke to um tom davy last week um something about small business as well obviously he's self-employed um and stress is one that people always forget about as actually being a mental health issue um because um 
we we uh, me and Tom talked about this before that there's um, statistics of like one in three, one in two people will be affected by mental health. But that's bollocks. Everyone's affected by mental health, whether yeah. whether it's a, um, stress over an exam or whether it's um, severe depression. They may be on different ends of a scale, but they're still on that scale. Um, so that that's definitely something that we need to be more aware of in other people. Um, like I was saying earlier, it's um, even sound bites from from people that would have to, I think have to change um, because with the mask it takes away nuance from something that already was devoid of nuance and i think that's going to cause big issues um hearing hearing loss there are those um ones that people have made that are just perspex yeah. so they're quite yeah. good um i really like those yeah and there are one uh guy was on um tiktok yeah um with his phone basically so it it i can't remember what program he's using now but it basically it said what he yeah. wanted to say so they're yeah. obviously quite good as well um i would say i'm a, a lot harsher than you on on um masks one of the things on the government plan that really pisses me off is that one of the reasons not to wear a mask is distress now this may sound somewhat backwards for someone in my position to have issue with that however that allows everyone to just say i'm now distressed i don't want to wear the mask uh and to be perfectly honest if you had real distress you wouldn't have gone out the house the likelihood is if you had to stress over this whole thing that would be an issue anyway so there is it there are issues with with mental health and there may be people that are very stressed about this and are having to wear it but that's why there are things like mask brackets so that the cloth doesn't have to touch your face so that you've got a lot better and i understand that when you wear a mask um for the first time for a lot of people you think and it is only you think whatever fucking google thing you've checked it is just that you think this isn't true but you may think that you have reduced oxygen and it's basically a panic response from your body that's all it's doing your body's going you you you've closed me off what am i what am i doing and that's your body immediately um doing it that's similar to a hyper um hyperventilation when you start panic attacks that's all it's doing that's why there are things such as mask brackets which can be reused depending on what mask you're using so if you do feel that you're you have distress if that if your issue is that you genuinely are one of those that find it very difficult, but you still need to go to shops. And there's a reason that you can't um, check anything from home. Go on Amazon. They're about five quid. Okay. Um, get the mask bracket, give it a wash in a dishwasher or, or whatever, and put that in. It'll work on all masks. It doesn't matter. Please use that. The idea that, um, that if you have asthma, anything like that, and the uh, micro sizes of molecules doesn't actually work because of how, um, COVID travels, it travels in a, in a glob effectively. So a singular molecule of COVID, yeah, it would get through, but it's, it's a bit like, um, there's a, a Simpsons episode of Mr. Burns, like when all the diseases are trying to get through. One of them could get through, but he's a, he has every disease, so they're stuck in a doorway. That's effectively what your mask is doing. It's making everything stuck in a doorway. So please don't watch the kind of YouTube, um, flat earth bullshit kind of kind of thread on the side it's crap please at me if you disagree because i tend to have science behind me and one of the degrees i'm doing is a scientific degree and my wife was a nurse and my, plenty of my friends are doctors so fucking feel free um anyway so i am harsher if you're not wearing a mask and you wish to do um certain activities within any society that i have part of I will go against anyone telling me I don't have to make people um, wear a mask. You will have to wear a mask for certain things. Certain things, 
don't worry, you don't, you don't have to. But for certain things, if you're involved in any society that I'm a part of, if there's close proximity, you wear a mask or you fuck off. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, I'm sure there's a point to that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm actually, I'm both optimistic and pessimistic about things about um, small businesses. Because how long have you been in Canterbury now? Oh, this is funny. I was still in Cambridge. I've been going between the two. Okay. So, uh, wait, so, do you mean in, in years? In or? years. In, in general, oh, since university, yeah. Oh, this is my fifth year now. I've been here okay. way too long. <laughs> yeah. So, well, uh, yeah. So, you've known, so you're saying about a lot of things haven't disappeared from the high street, but I know the high street in terms of small businesses have just disappeared completely over the years. Um, we used say, to have yeah, a, over the years. Yeah, we used to have a really nice small bookshops and the amount of local businesses that used to exist in Canterbury have just disappeared. It is quite good that they've, we have kept some of them now. And even things like Tony Tim's, which I think may have taken new ownership, but I'm not entirely sure, is still exactly the same place. So even, even that's changed. It's still a local owner. It's just a different local owner, I think. Um, I'm sorry, Joe, if you still own it. I, it just I don't see you there. Um, so there are there are a lot of like little cafes and things like that 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 have survived, but there is still a lot of places, especially when you get further down towards the Westgate, that is just empty. Um, so it is slightly worrying there. Um, the second wave thing is a double-edged sword because I'm both optimistic and pessimistic in that. There will be a second wave, almost certainly. I don't think it's going to be as destructive as people assume it will be. Um, because they always compare to a time before most medical science where the, um, the age of, uh, the general age of death and, and things like that was much lower. Um, we didn't have general vaccines and things like that. Um, although, again, vaccines aren't going to solve the problem if you, we've already got it. It just stops it in the future. I, I don't know why everyone wants a vaccine inoculation anyway um <laughs> so I, I think that there will be a second wave but i don't think it will be as hard hard a hit as people expect um but it will still hit and that's where the problem's going to be like you say with the second semester we can hope for a better kind of let's go into campus let's hang out but there could be a second wave how long it lasts for i don't know i did find it slightly ironic that boris johnson was coming out saying oh we need to be worried because there's gonna be a second wave shouldn't have opened the fucking pubs then should you um i mean i find it very amusing that a pub like weatherspoons is allowed to be open um and of course you don't have to wear your mask in weatherspoons but if you go into waitrose when there's three people in there you have to wear it now i think you need to wear it both times and yes you can take it off when you need to, want to take a sip or whatever but you don't have to wear it full stop the thing that also annoys me is that most shops the shop workers don't wear masks i'm sorry if you work in a shop, wear a mask. Everyone else has to. It's mandatory. It's mandatory to wear a mask. Um, wear a fucking mask. So, yeah, there are issues with the second wave happening. And, of course, that's going to that's gonna be a very much deal with it as it comes then. So it does go back to the idea that actually, although the SU may not have a two-step plan or anything like that, it is a bit of a nightmare, I expect, at the moment, because the best laid plans, but then yeah we've got a second wave or we don't have a second wave now we can go back to do things quicker or no now we've now we've instilled that you must wear masks now we've instilled that it's back to two meter rather than one meter if it can be a, everything can change and with boris johnson in charge to be perfectly honest it's changing like that i mean it's these things are just turning on a on a um a, a pinhead at the moment and so it's very hard to do things so 
has there been concerns potentially that it's going to get more difficult in terms of if policy changes because of how quickly policy is changing for instance has there been things that you've started to plan in the su that has immediately changed because there was another press conference so i've only been in since beginning of july yep so i haven't had the blessing of the uh the big changes yet um one thing i will say is i think we are so i'm very much personally looking at a three kind of way of this semester so one worst case um is completely virtual best case is back to normal and i'm kind of trying to think two minds about it you know what's the worst case so societies for a good as a good example okay so if everything has to be done virtually what we're going to do and obviously can we do a mix can we get some sides back the ones that you know cannot cope with virtual i'm trying to do it as kind of a think of his uh nando's um five to one yeah, we love that. <laughs> we don't. Um, that's in my head, though. I'm trying to think of a worst and best case and kind of scenarios in between. And I think a lot of the SU plans have been very similar to that, um, as well as the unis. I can't really comment too much on that. But, um, you know, it's I, I personally haven't had to cancel anything yet or change plans. Obviously, there are some things. So, you know, the Student Community Awards, so our big celebration of societies, is still scheduled for later this year. Now, I can't guarantee that's going to go ahead um we've made that decision about freshers fair because we've been like they we can't plan a, ver a physical one and then a week before we're like no not gonna happen virtual you know we'd rather have that set in stone but we have as you are well aware we're planning to have some sort of physical event like a freshers fair later on obviously if we get to january and it's you know the same as it is now we may have to reconsider that um what i will say from a personal point of view is that if they try to impose another lockdown, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, people, that's my opinion. I, I think they're really going to struggle because the second they said that six people could, or, okay, so two people could meet in a park, people took advantage. And the same thing happened with six people. And the second you could go out for a limited exercise, people just genuinely took advantage. And it's so mortifying as well, because the first month or so, I think everyone had this great weirdly community spirit you know people who hadn't seen each other in ages are out clapping on the, the street and there was something very weirdly you're like no there wasn't well i don't know where you live but no no i i really hate the clap <laughs> I, the, the, the clap really? pisses, oh it pisses I, me off knowing i wish we had more support generally for the nhs not just with a clap but i, mean, I think it, that was yeah the, the issue, sorry i'm, I'm gonna have to uh, the <laughs> thing on. with the clap is it's it is a, it's just um a it's just a show and that's it so it's ever been it was never anything else because if you gave a shit, the clap wouldn't matter and it shouldn't matter. And actually most nurses, most doctors, most paramedics I know fucking hate that clap. Now it may be completely different for some of the students who have had to do it. And actually because they've had to step in, there's, there's a, the idea of the show. Oh yeah, that's great. But I know so many that are just like, just fuck off. But what either one vote for someone that will give us money. Um, I don't necessarily want to get political, but you know, one, either vote for someone that's going to give us some fucking money in the first place. Or two, shut the fuck up, get back inside and keep isolating. Don't go and see your, your um, neighbour Doris on a Thursday night clap. Because now, depending on where you live also, if you're in mid-terrace, for instance, you've just broken lockdown effectively by going out and clapping. So you're actually causing an issue because whether any, any of those things, any of those times when you saw people going out, did any of them have masks on? Any of the new broadcasts? Not one. 
And you had people just going, oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Fucking Nigel Farage went out the twat. Just went outside with a pot and pan, just going on about something. It's like a fucking robot on, on, on malfunction. The, 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 I had such a big issue. And like I say, my, 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 my wife was a nurse. And I think she'd have had the same viewpoint of look after the NHS. Don't pander to bullshit. Because who were the most happy about the clap? Was it? the more um, nuanced newspapers? Or was it the Daily Mail, the Sun, the Mirror, the Telegraph? Was it all the political papers that knew that um, a, a sign of, oh, look at us, was gonna help the political party? That's my issue. It shouldn't be something that we go, oh yes, well, we've done our part, because that's what people think. That's what people say, oh yeah, we've done our part, we've clapped. Do your part and yeah. stop ringing 999. Stop um, going out to the shops every five seconds and wear a fucking mask. Like, I just have so many issues with it. It's because it, it allows you to do bullshit. Because you go, oh, yeah, but I've done this. I haven't worn, I haven't worn a mask. It's my, it's my right, blah, 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 blah. But I clap them on a Thursday night, so I've done my yeah. bit. It just fucks me off. Anyway, carry on. Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> bit of a mic drop moment there. No, I, I'm, it does frustrate me, and I have seen it with people who I live near where you know, they'll have been out in the clap and fully endorsing that, but then I know full well they had Tom, Dick and Harry over the next day for a copy. And that, that was difficult. I'd expect um, more from Cambridge. <laughs> well, I'm not actually, I'm slightly west of Cambridge. Oh, so okay. We won't count that. We won't count that. <laughs> no, but it was, it was difficult. And I personally, for literally a month, I did not leave the house. I didn't even go and get shopping. We got online deliveries where we could because my dad is vulnerable. Um, it's hard. But at the same time, if you want to speak to the clapped and then you're now going to stop saying, I'm not wearing a mask and I'm not going to social distance, just just do one, please. Go away. Yeah, it's... I say it politely, you're like, fuck off. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I mean, Ed, <laughs> I, I, as anyone that knows my face or has been watching these podcasts for, uh, for a while now know, I am the same all the time. Um, I will just... I'm not good with the um, pandering to having to be nice. Um, probably best that I left um, employment with the um, with Christchurch even though I was having a go at Christchurch whilst I worked for them um, so yeah I, I, I just don't care um, I've come to, that sort of people don't care I'm, I'm, I'm too old um, <laughs> you're yeah, not old uh, well, well, um, <laughs> when we were with the whole um, lockdown situation there has just been so many issues of um, of people just doing that that bullshit of like, oh, I can clap now. If you want to clap, tell you what, clap inside. If you want to clap, clap inside for one. Yeah, for one, no, fucking don't open the window even. No, clap inside, stay the fuck inside because it's the only way you're going to learn anyway for most people. Stay inside, clap at the TV and then shut the fuck up for the rest of lockdown because it's it, it doesn't do anything. It does nothing. Be part of, um, if you want to help, then um, volunteer to deliver some food if you're fit and healthy, young, you haven't got any issues. To help deliver for your neighbour who's in their 80s. Um, if she can't get onto the internet, can't do anything else, you're going to get your shop and you know that there's people in the community, go and help them. That's doing something. That's also doing something that's going to help the NHS because you're then making sure that people that are in a vulnerable situation aren't the ones that are having to put themselves into a more vulnerable situation by going out. That's actually helping. If you have your own social anxiety as well and you're having issues of, of going out, there's still other things you can do. You can still be part of a community online. There's communities within Facebook 
um, within Canterbury that help uh, make sure that the right people get the right stuff. It could be as simple as making sure that you ring the person next door. If you have social anxiety, you have issues like that, ring them because they may not know how to use the computer and actually order their own food. You can still do that from inside. You don't have to go and collect it. There's so much more you can do that actually does physically help the overloading of the NHS because that's the issue. It's not that we have a failing NHS to a point, which the Tories always like to say, and actually Labour have it sometimes as well. They're not failing. It's just that we've gone, here's all your regular shit. Oh, and here's 50,000 more things that you've got to deal with at the same time. And that's the problem because we're still the ones that are causing that issue by clapping, going and chatting to Sharon down the road. Stay home and actually do things for your community if you want to clap you really think you're going to do something to help then actually do it and leave your hands the fuck apart um oh i feel like i'm back on the on you adam oh jesus i feel like i'm back on the trails anyway um so yeah it's it's it, things like this annoy me they and luckily i think luckily students haven't been the biggest offenders there have been some students who have just been complete fucking idiots but Actually, it's been either cross-generational or just older people that just simply don't get it. They just don't understand because they're an in-between generation that just don't seem to think that it matters. Like it's, it's the amount of times I heard at the beginning, oh, it's just the flu. If I get it, it doesn't matter. Oh, you're not invincible, yeah. you silly twat. And what the hell are you on about? It's just, oh God, the gammonry is fantastic. It's just ridiculous i said this about a different podcast about keyboard warriors they're the same people it's just they're an expert because they've watched a youtube um clip and it's just nonsense anyway um in terms of canterbury obviously there's um a very diverse um student body that you have coming into canterbury specifically in say um the business school um tends to have it and also in engineering which obviously engineering was a big one that the university wanted to push they got new staff in that were respected in their fields and that could bring in businesses so um is there a concern i know that you're on the student union side you can't speak for the university um and we've already said these opinions are ours nobody else's but do you envisage there being um a continued issue either for money for mental health or for money for the student union if the university um effectively collapses in certain areas because it hasn't got the students. We have a lot of um, Chinese and African students in the business school. Um, that we just do. I, uh, th there were people from that area because that's where we send um, lecturers out to go and get students from. So that's, we have a lot there that are likely not to return. I mean, China isn't in the uh, travel corridor. Um, I'm, I don't, some African countries are. Some of them have done really well from it. So we'll probably be fine like that. I mean, Uganda's got the funniest stats ever. Uganda's brought back people back to life. Because it's, um, the last time I looked, it was 1,069 people had been, give, uh, had been confirmed cases of COVID. No one had died from it. And uh, 1,071 people had recovered. So they'd brought people back to life from something else. <laughs> um, so there are some African countries that are, that are doing well. And, and obviously, Hong Kong is on the, uh, the corridor. So depending on your views of where China's ownership is of, of Hong Kong, we've also got those students. But... Obviously, there's a lot of students that won't be coming from there. And we did try and send lecturers out to bring in people from various countries to help with um, setting up of the engineering department as well, um, which still has the most irritating name of all of the schools on campus to me. So, okay. right. So which of these sounds better off the tongue? Engineering, design, technology, engineering, technology and design. Engineering, design, technology, surely. Yes, it does. 
Would you like to know what the university's called it? Go on. Engineering Technology and Design. See, that is hard to say. It's ETD, and all of us, they go, it's EDT. What, what do you do? Anyway, random tangent. But yeah, do you envisage an, an issue for, because obviously if there's less students, the university has the excuse of going, there's less students, that's less money for student union. That's less money for looking after students because there's less students. Are you, are you worried or have you not thought about it or just anything around potential funding issues due to then just not being enough students? I mean, I know University of Kent are, are probably about three times as much in the red as uh, Christchurch are because they're the European University. I mean, that's literally what they're known as. And half of their lecturers are having an issue coming back. So um, is, it, is it something you, can, you think is going to go wrong or anything like that at all? So it's something that specifically I haven't, it's not I haven't been aware of, because as a student, take away my SAB role, I thought, what if students don't come back this year? Um, it's not part of my SAB role to kind of directly be involved in those numbers and the finances side of it. Um, I'm aware of it, but I'm not involved of it. Um, what I would say is that obviously if there's going to be a drop in numbers. We do worry about, like anyone would worry about a drop in funding. However, We've got to remember as well, we've got the KMS opening up this year. So the Kent Medical School as well, Kent yep. Miller Medical School. So that's going to bring in some numbers as well. I don't envision, this is just purely opinion, there will be a drop. We can't even deny that because, you know, people are deferring their faces. But if you look at the stats, and we question where the stats come from, people are still very much interested to take up their places this year. And I know that Canterbury has been doing a lot of work trying to get people, like if you look at their Instagram and things, the university clearly have been trying to engage their students to come. Um, in regards to international students, I don't, I couldn't tell you statistics of what they were expecting versus what they're going to get. Yeah. Um, there will be a drop, I reckon. That is purely opinion. Will it be dramatic enough that they consider cutting wellbeing services? I'm not so sure. I think as well, if they were... Again, their personal If they were to cut wellbeing services, think of the backlash they would get. And I know that Nathan would have a massive problem with that. Um, let's be honest, we know Nathan. Um, he, for anyone who hasn't had the so pleasure of meeting him, he is a very sound person. He will fight tooth and nail for everyone's wellbeing. He is just, yeah, he's adorable. I hope he doesn't say hear that, but he is adorable. Um, Oh, but, Nathan, you're getting sent this now, mate. I'm going to find the, the clip of the time <laughs> when she says that. Um, <laughs> he actually no, I mean, is, though. No, he's, he's fun. Yeah, there are, there are a few of us that would, would be um, knocking down the door, and, and we've, we've done it before. I mean, I was talking to Nathan the other day about the um, wellbeing committee, which is under his remit, um, which will be like-minded students, um, and trying to advise them about who to potentially look at to have on that committee as well. Um, because, uh, just because I've, I've been around so um, but there are there are a, a group of uh, dedicated society and sports teams. I mean, sports teams are definitely the ones that I think are going to get um, really involved in mental health more than they have done before, because they're the ones that get hit by it the most um, in terms of incredibly severe mental health. So I think there's, there's a general um, issue with mental health across the board, but when it really flares up and when we've had suicides in the past, it has generally come from sports. So they've been um, in, increasing in their, their kind of involvement more and more over the years, which is really good to see. Um, yeah, I mean, the numbers in terms of, say, people taking up their place in um, university accommodation was down by more than half in the past few months. So that's it's things like that that worry me and it's not necessarily that 
although there might be mental health funding, like I say, but what worries me is they might just cut the funding from the student union. Cause um, I know that in the past couple of years, uh, the officers and the SABs have had to fight tooth and nail to get extra funding. And I just think it's incredibly easy for the university to go, well, yeah, but we've got less students, so we'll take the funding back. Um, I think that's what concerns me the most because it's happened before um, and it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Um, there is a lot of incompetence up the, up the chain uh, that worries me about things like that with numbers. Um, but, and, and even with the medical school, medical school, of course, is also jointly run by Kent. So yeah. there's, there's issues of where those numbers are going. Um, what, how do they specify exactly? So, yeah, I, I think you're right in terms of if they try and cut it, there's going to be a, a, like a, you know, we'll, we'll use the tiki torches for good. Um, but I, I think it's, it's something that's still worrying. I mean, when the, uh, with mental health services at university, they've always had a traditionally bad reputation. I mean, when the um, mental health group under the student union was set up a few years ago, the first question that was asked, and it wasn't by me, just in case anyone's wondering, was are the counselors actually um, trained? Can we have their certificates to prove it please? because of how bad the interaction was. So that has overhauled. A lot of councillors are now different. They've overhauled all the management over there. They are a pretty much completely different team over there now from when that was happening. So, you know, and I've had good interactions with the mental health team over there, um, but it's not an avenue that has necessarily always been the best. And so that is worrying that there might be some concern in the future for that but it's it's i think it's a very difficult one to to look at because like i say the numbers are just so far down already now it might be that those numbers were down because it was a couple of months ago and actually as we're going more and more out of it the numbers are going to pick up they're going to be there right we've, we're, we're good we're done now it's, it's okay but uh it's going to be a problem i mean how well, do you think, it's going to be a very hard question for you to answer, do you think the university is set up for virtual learning? Because, of course, if we have a second wave and people can't actually get to university, even if they wanted to, that's how it's going to have to be done. Okay, give me a second. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so from... This is the issue of diplomacy, guys. I have none. Beth does. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so going back to my experience of virtual learning, so from March till June, I had to do it all virtually, and it literally was one day I was in uni, the next day, haha, virtual. Um, I had to complete, I think it's about seven or eight assessments virtually. I was very lucky um, that I had such a great department who had been working, they, they thought this was going to happen um, a few weeks before I did, so they got ready for it. I personally had a really great experience, but I would say that was because I had the opportunity to start this year as a postgrad in uni. So I got to learn the lecture, like get, got to know the lecturers, got to know the material. I was lucky. From what I've seen of what the university's got in store and the provisions they put in place, I would say they're doing the right thing. And I've seen and heard, so I was actually speaking to some other universities, um, subs, um, last few days and there are concerns across the board you know some universities are handling a lot better than others um and some universities are in a lot worse positions than others i won't name names but you know i think i can think of three off the top of my head that have no provision <laughs> but yeah 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 <laughs> so you know we're not i'm not going to claim that we're going to be the next open university because at the end of the day we were never set up to be that i do think that they're doing the right thing 
um, from what I've seen in universities, it's 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 going to be, a, I don't want to say trial and error, because it's not trial and error, but it will be new to everyone. And I think a lot of lecturers are going to, it's going to be different. You know, I if I was a student, if I was just finishing sixth form, I would seriously consider whether I was going to university. And now I think I would. Um, and I think you're thinking, ha, ah, no. I think it's a really difficult one. Um, I, I'm not going to hold my hands and say, yep, the universities are going to be perfect because they won't, you know, there's only so much they can do. And earlier this year, I don't know if you heard about it, you probably did or were you stood on it. There was people calling for fees to be refunded from the last year. Um, I know the yeah. people that were calling for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of, it's difficult because if you refunded the whole year of fees, you know, there's the whole issue of well, how are they going to carry on? So We'll leave that one out for now, but I've, I hope and I have faith in the university that they will provide what is needed. Oh, I, 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 what I always do, my whole attitude in life is people have my trust until they ruin it. Um, maybe that's not the best attitude, but I, I will say now that if I thought... The Four months for the ready, university to lose my trust when I started studying. Ah, there we go. Well, I've still got a few months left then, yeah? <laughs> um, yeah, I know that as a sub team, though, we started to hear that things were not going well we wouldn't just sit there and take it <laughs> i'd like you know and you said earlier would we clash with the uni in a perfect world no but at the end of the day the student union is literally what it says in the title we are a union for the students yeah so and i'd like yeah. to think anyone watching this who's sitting there and thinking i've had problems so far come to us that's what we're here for you know and we're not scary people um I know Adam's a bit scary, but you know, as a society, I'm lovely. <laughs> he's, he's 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 a puppy. Um, God, Nathan puppy. is adorable, and Adam is a puppy today. <laughs> but um, you so know, I'm just looking great. back at the the dog just to kind of go, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, puppy. <laughs> um, yeah. So to answer your question, short, from what I've seen, the university are taking the right steps, but I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to be perfect because it's so. I, I said this to my partner, he said, so how's work? And I said, imagine a bowl of noodles where you can't actually see the ends of the spaghetti. That's how work is. Because, you know, it's, it's so hard. You can find one end, but the other end and seeing the other side of it is really difficult right now. I think that goes across all sectors, not just universities. But yeah, I have faith. We'll see how long that lasts. But no, I yeah. think as well, Becky, if anyone hasn't met or hasn't had the pleasure of meeting Becky or seeing her in action, She'll fight for you, trust me. Yeah, I'm still amazed that me and Becky don't tend to argue that much. It's, it fucking amazes me. Um, <laughs> I remember the first, uh, yeah, we, we, me and Becky don't tend to argue. We, dis we disagree on certain things, but we don't tend to argue about it. Um, maybe that should be a lesson for some people. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think I have no faith in the university, and anyone that knows me knows that I have no faith whatsoever in them. They've, they've lied directly to my face. They've lied to the former president of the student union at times. I literally have caught them out in meetings. So I have no faith there in particular. However, um, you're right. There are other universities that are doing a lot worse. Um, it's a weird situation in that previously, universities that offered um, over, uh, you know, um, completely virtual degrees were not seen apart from the open university they were kind of their own separate little you know thing but they they were seen as not necessarily as good a degree you know a lot for a lot of people there was a kind of a skepticism of like well it's all online so is that really real um which is really weird because the open university had a thing of like oh you've got an open university degree cool that's brilliant 
oh, I've got um, a virtual degree from, um, you know, Loughborough. Well, we don't know if we trust that, which is a really weird way of looking at it. But yeah. um, that was what was happening. Whereas now it's, it is quite amusing to see that actually all those actually smaller universities, ones that don't necessarily show up as high on the, the league tables and things like that, who were going for the virtual ones to up their numbers, to get themselves put, are actually now in the really um, kind of dominant position of going, well, fuck you, we're ready for it. We, we know what we're doing. Um, now, of course, that depends on departments and not all departments have the same kind of interaction. Um, they don't all have the same thing set up, um, but it is the case that some universities are always gonna be better. And actually the ones you think maybe better for it probably aren't um so the smaller universities probably are doing better so yeah Christchurch is doing i mean i know it is physically is doing better than a lot of other universities um specifically two of them in the south um east and at least another one in the north um that i know directly i mean um, did you not see the news about cambridge that was the first one to go down wasn't it cambridge and what's the other one well they're literally going to have no teaching this semester at all like just online yeah so, but Cambridge have never offered proper full online degrees which means they're not ready for it yeah. um they're just not and I know some lecturers at Cambridge it's just not gonna happen um because unfortunately Cambridge has the issue of a lot of um other universities in in that if you get a um a reader or a professor in a certain subject they are there until they decide to leave which means you've got people that basically can't turn a computer on so it's going to cause big issues <laughs> um yeah i mean i think i i didn't agree with the refund either there's various other issues around that i think there should have been some refunding but i don't believe in the refund completely um but yeah the the virtual learning is going to be very difficult and for me i think i think we if this is going to become a new norm for certain places I think some degrees are not going to be that recognized for a specific period of time. Um, I think it's going to be very difficult. I, I genuinely think there's going to be some employers insert in, not in every um, type of uh, industry, but in certain industries, I'm thinking law, um, uh, uh, criminal justice, um, probably those more um, would say politics, um and those those ones that almost rely on you being they, it's all about being face to face are going to struggle and it's going to be a case of oh you graduated that year mm, yeah. we'll take the person who graduated the year before for other things it'll actually be an advantage for digital media for instance great oh awesome <laughs> for business as well because business is going more online oh you did business and you had, oh, brilliant. You were forced to see the change because actually certain, like, like I say, certain degrees will actually do the exact opposite because you've been forced to have to do both sides of it. And actually second years specifically, I think will do really well out of it because they yeah. will have to have been forced to have physical and online. So for, like I say, business, tourism, digital media, um, even art, because um, there's certain forms of art that now you'd have to um, encourage into it as well. Organ, I think personally, going to do really well in their industry because the people in the industry are the ones that are kind of moving with the times. They'll know, brilliant, we've got someone that understands the shift, the move, the change that need is needed. It's just going to be very interesting for the rest of them. Um, and it's whether that is how well everyone's going to deal with that is, is the worrying thing, because obviously... Um, 
we all want what's best for students. And yes, I am a student still, guys. I couldn't actually run the society if I wasn't. Um, I just keep being a student. Uh, so I'm, I'm postgrad as well. I'm doing, I'm doing postgrad. I've kind of interrupted certain things. Um, but I'm, I'm in a weird position because I'm, I was obviously doing it physically at um, Christchurch. I'm also studying open university as well as another university. So I've literally seen the change. And it's very hard because, of course, I can see the open universities way of doing it. And they're just, I, I can almost look upon every university and just kind of go, Jesus, no one's prepared for this. Um, and it's very hard. And obviously, the open university was only ever really, unless you're really going to go to Milton Keynes, which, why would you, um, to, to go and do it. <laughs> um, then it's, you know, it's, then, you know, it's prepared for it. So is it, is it different own little animal? Um, but it has given me that kind of, you know, vision of, of seeing both sides of it. It is, it is difficult. Um, but obviously, you know, universities are doing their best. I think Christchurch could probably do better in certain areas. Um, I think that's what's actually going to be really interesting as well is, is, um, I don't know what your thoughts on this, because I've said similar just a second ago, but on how people are going to be dealing with it, depending on their subject. Because obviously there's always a thing between subjects of like, oh, well, I'm doing this subject. It, it means more. I'm doing this subject, it just, you know, whatever. But actually, the, the, I, it could for certain ones. I don't know what degree you're doing, actually. So I can't be snobby about mine. So Tourism I, and events. But I did oh, so you're actually, yeah. So, so you're literally yeah. in the one, one of the ones I was just saying about then. So you're, yeah, so I think actually for you, this could be an advantage then. It's a weird world actually, because you know, people like tourism, yay, there's no tourism right now. Well, there is, but there isn't. So I actually wanted to do my diss on um, COVID and tourism, but I was told it's a little mm. bit early days. Um, so we'll see about that. But it's, it's weird, because so if you've got courses like midwifery, nursing, anything that's so hands-on, yeah. you cannot do that virtually. Like, great, so let's practice how to do so the surgical assistance is one of the courses at um medway let's practice how to safely operate someone but using a zoom call it's just not going to work is it so i think the university will prioritize um and if i had done my undergrad virtually i wouldn't have actually minded so archaeology was my undergrad and to be honest could have done that virtually the lecturers were fantastic the department were like incredible i could have done that the same thing online apart from the dig that would have been difficult but I think there is a certain little robot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, just try and get through the screen. Um, but then things like dance. How are you going to do dance virtually? Like just all TikTok. TikTok. That is, that is what TikTok <laughs> is made for. Future of dance. I really. Is... I tell you what. I think if if anyone manages to do a, a a deal between a university and TikTok to try and do dance, they're gonna fucking blast it. That'd be amazing. Sorry. Maybe we, um... <laughs> No, absolutely though. Like the thing is, it is a priority. It's not saying any course is higher valued because at the end of the day, some of the courses that you could perceive as being the highest value, you know, you're the most skilled to come out with that degree, they might be the ones that are done virtually. So, you know, it's I think it's very much it's dependent on course. I think that's a big part of it. Um, by the way, this is just to clarify, this is my opinion, not what the university plan is. Hopefully. As we but, always um, say, guys, only our opinions, nothing else always um but yeah i think it is and in my mind they'd be they'd be silly to you know put nursing last because you've got to think about what those courses involve and actually a lot of students are probably 
okay with doing it remotely you know i know you said about halls um the uptake on halls is less i can't i i haven't seen the stats recently so i couldn't possibly say but what i would say is a lot of students i knew were from ashford and faversham a place like that and they did stay in halls in their first year to have that experience but if i was in ashford or faversham especially if it's likely it's going to remote somewhat i wouldn't stay in halls i'd have saved the money so there's that to consider too i just lost my pin um <laughs> yeah yeah that's a puppy and um, <laughs> yeah i mean that's true i mean christchurch is kind of known as a, as the local university um between say christchurch and kent obviously there's other universities in, in canterbury but you know um and obviously canterbury is known as the one that you go to i mean when i when i studied there first time at christchurch i did it because it was the nearest to my front door so um that was literally the only reason I had. I was just being lazy and I lived in Winchie. So I just went, well, that one's nearer than Kent. So, okay. <laughs> um, and it's, it's that kind of thing. So it's known by local. So yeah, I, I get your point. I don't know if I could have stand it. I don't know if I could have stood that cause I moved out home at 15. So been around my parents that much longer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is hard because you don't necessarily know the background of those that aren't, aren't coming in. So it is very difficult. And Absolutely. yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, um how these different degrees are treated because of course some universities won't necessarily want to do them virtually or they might try and change it up a little bit um yeah. and, and and of course they're set they're set for it so yeah it's going to be very difficult um i think obviously as we said societies um are going to be very important in this and um you said about coming going and seeing the student union if you need help the societies are there for you as well guys like um depending on what your issue is you can come and see the societies i mean if you're a member of a society or a sport go and speak to the committee for a start that'd be your first port of call but at the end of the day some of um the societies a lot of the societies may just help you because you're a student or just because you can ask them i mean like i was saying i I've, i helped someone out the other day that i've never heard of them before they just found the student minds thing on instagram okay, I was around, fine, I, I'll, I'll go and help. Like it's, it is something that other societies can do as well. Um, if we can help you, sometimes it's quicker for us to help you than it is for SABs, um, purely because there's less red tape for us. Um, and some of us are just, just don't care, so we'll just do it. So it just depends on what the issue is effectively. So if you can go to your societies first, or you know your reps as well, I think are important as well. Um, and yeah. beyond that as well, union council. Um, I, I, I don't actually know what's happening in the Union Council. I technically still stand on Union Council at the moment, I guess. Um, so, sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I haven't had the elections to say otherwise, I don't know. Um, but the Union Council officers are there specifically for you. There'll be different ones depending on who you are, whether you're part-time, mature students, um, LGBT, anything like that. They, you, there is someone there to represent you on that as well. So um, the SAB, of, SAB officers are there, but sometimes um, it's not always best to go straight to the office because it's just it can slow things down sometimes when actually someone further down the chain could sort it for you as well um yeah. just but just by chatting to them so it just depends on what it is um so i mean i think we've covered most things and i've just um had issue with the university all the way through um i will say like it depends on the on the department it depends on what's happening like i love the business school i am i'm doing um management studies um and the business school have always been brilliant my program director was absolutely fantastic when we came out of this you know um my way of doing presentation was just like oh just we'll figure it out it's fine um but i know there's other departments and before the business school with my direct learning so not in terms of me having interaction with but my direct learning 
the business school has been the only one that um, that I trust adapted to. So um, I think this is this is the issue. And this is why some people see me as quite aggressive towards the university. It's um, it's experience, guys. It's that's the problem um, because I was at other universities as well as Christchurch. And so as much as I may not intentionally do it, I'm always double checking everything as well. And I once got told I was wrong on doing something when I'd been told by the lecturer who had and um, and academic who had written the book and had told me what it was. And a Christchurch lecturer told me I was wrong about it. So I do have certain issue with certain things. Um, so I'm not just attacking the university. Um, I would just attack them when they're wrong. Um, just thought I'd point that out. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to uh, specifically add that I haven't asked or I haven't touched on or you want to defend the university? I, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> or there's something that I haven't touched on in terms of the societies because obviously you're going to know um, a lot more nuances of what's happening, whether you can tell us or not. Yeah, there may be stuff that you're going to um, bring out. Um, but obviously, is there anything that you wanted to kind of add before we, we close it all up? And if there's the one person still watching as they can get on with the rest of the day. <laughs> um, the main thing, I, it's not adding, but it's more reinforcing. Um, I thoroughly recommend to any students, especially new students coming in, get involved with society. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to attend every week. It doesn't mean you have to attend every social or whatever. Just engage with them. You know, I, it's going to sound so cheesy, but every society I've known or been a part of is literally like a family and it's changed people's lives, like quite literally. Um, also, it's, as I said earlier, it's okay not to be okay. Um, there is always support and, you know, it's simple things like period poverty, food banks, financial support. There are so many ways we can help. And as Adam quite rightly said, um, things can be slower if you come straight to me. Obviously, I will help whoever I can, but there are people there who, you know, Adam, bless him, he knows everything. He, probably, he knows much more than I do. So, you know, there are people to signpost you um, and just reach out um, and we will get through this. There's, there is an end, there will be. Um, and we are doing everything we can. I know I'm doing everything I can to try and help society this year to do the best they can. That's so cheesy, you know, but um, yeah, my inbox is always open. Um, I'm literally beth at ccsu.co.uk. Um, I work every day, not weekends, but yeah. So if you ever need anything, please, please come to me. And it also, if you want to create your own society, let me know. We love new societies. Um, and for any committee members watching, USEC applications are now out. So if you want to help get involved in all the society decisions, I know Adam better be applying. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's also something to consider as well. Um, I'm just going to very quickly, although I wasn't going to very quickly add there as well. If there's any societies that are struggling, because we said at the beginning, some smaller societies were worried about potentially disappearing. If there are any smaller societies that are struggling and you can't get through to Beth or you just don't want to bother or any reason at all, speak to a bigger society, speak to a more experienced committee member. I'm here. I've, I've spoken to a couple of societies already. If you get that desperate, I, I may know fuck all about your society or anything at all, but I'll have the basis of how to help run certain things. Um, that, that's not endorsed by anyone. It's just simply that it's an easier way. If we're meant to be a community anyway, we're a community of societies, go and see a bigger society. It may be that you're doing something in terms of science and it's bioscience or whatever, and there's someone on the science um, society can't help you. Maybe go and talk to the nursing society, midwifery society, they're huge. They're massive and they've got more experience. Um, so there's always someone there that's likely to help you as well. So if you can't get in contact with everyone, we can all help each other out on that as well. Um, so the, the door for most of us is always open. And just to go in with the thing is CC student mind sock. 
think at uh, ccsu.co.uk i really hope that's right if not go to ccsu.co.uk and check on the society page the email is there just in case it doesn't work um, and you should be able to get through to us i'm checking them as much as i can um and anybody else within the society and committee can have a look as well um so and also instagram instagram you can contact us twitter um and i'm sure the same is for beth because all yeah. people have twitter as well now. so yeah, well yeah. yeah go for it i'm everywhere so if you can't get in contact with an email or you don't like emails because it's too long whatever just grab one of us another way and there's always a way to help um i will say that i, I say us in terms of the student community i'm not trying to put myself on the same as everyone else they are above me although that depends on how you look at the structure of the student union, but you know what I mean. Anyway, thank you very much for joining me, Beth. It's always good to have cheesy and um, optimistic because it offsets my um, my <laughs> realism, but seen as negativity. So there we go. But uh, thank you everyone for, for watching and we will see you next time. <laughs>